This is The Machine. And it's I Love Basketball. And that's Sabrina. <laughs> and we love basketball. And we are going to talk about a player who really captured the hearts and minds of the Lakers fan base last season, who is returning. It isn't Rondo like you thought. <laughs> It's JaVale McGee. We're going to continue our player previews uh, with JaVale McGee this week. Last week we talked about DeMarcus Cousins. week before I talked about Jared Dudley. And um, clearly you can see that we are talking about this year's meme team on Isle of Basketball. <laughs> That's our MO. Yeah, we're going to talk about JaVale. And uh, what do you think, Sabrina? Early thoughts. Early thoughts on JaVale McGee. I mean, so it's funny. Last year when we signed JaVale, he was literally the only center on the roster. It was just JaVale. And then we eventually, you know, augmented that as the year went on. And it became clear that you might want more than one center on your basketball team. But this year, there was a bit more competition for minutes. And I am interested to see how JaVale fits into this whole dynamic. Because... I mean, it kind of seems like he's going to want to start, and I don't know if that's what's going to happen for him on this particular roster. Yeah, I don't I don't know that we should indulge him. Honestly, like, I appreciate... Uh, I appreciate that he wants to start, and I appreciate what he did for the team last season, for sure. But... Well, maybe let's talk a little bit about what he did for the team last season, just to preview yeah. it, right? So it kind of seemed like JaVale had three separate seasons last year. Mm. There was the pre-pneumonia season, which was fairly impressive. You know, good, solid. He was like our favorite player on the team. And LeBron was like, defensive player of the year right here. (laughs) Like, we weren't getting too hype about it. We overhyped. I I really missed the hype portion of the Lakers. (laughs) (laughs) So then we had the... uh, the post-pneumonia, which we'll also refer to as the Ivica Zubac portion of the season, which I, I realized I totally forgot about him when I said we didn't have any other centers on the Oh, yeah. We also had Tyson Chandler, but that was like having a second center for like a month. Right, right. Yeah. So we had the, the post-pneumonia, which, you know, JaVale was recovering, and during that time, we decided to start Zubac for a good stretch of time. And then... Best decision, best decision Luke, best lineup decision Luke made the entire right, year. Right, because when you can pump up the Vita Zubac's value to acquire Mike Muscala, you have to do it. You gotta do it. That's that's what you gotta do. <laughs> so then we have, the post, we have the post-trade deadline, JaVale McGee, which he kind of, he kind of came back to form, right? Resurfaced into yeah. something interesting. Like a baby, he whined, got his way... <laughs> And then he was able to perform again. It's so funny when you think about like that mutiny in the Lakers locker room. Like I don't, I don't know that JaVale was actually part of it, but he definitely benefited from the outcome. Did you remember that there was a stretch when we were starting Kuzma at the five? Yeah, I uh, I had completely blocked this from memory. There's a 
a tiny little three game spell at the be- like beginning of March. Like so, preseason, prime playoff time, like prime playoff push time, I should say, where the Lakers decided we've traded Zubac. Let's start LeBron and Kuzma at the four and five. Wait, what? I don't even remember this. I from know. March. I remember I they played just, him in preseason. It was a disaster. I'm just looking at Basel Reference and I see this like three game spell where Javale stopped starting, and it's because we went with a starting lineup of Rondo, Bullock, Ingram. Kuzma and James, which that's oh my god, how did it take so long for us to fire Luke Watson? (laughs) Dark, dark days. Oh my god, wow, yes, that guy. Oh my gosh, Luke Walton, Walton. get out of here. It's a good thing you have a pretty face because that that glossed over a lot of difficulties. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, okay. So yeah, we've got the we got the three JaVale seasons. I think the one that's probably most instructive is the pre-pneumonia JaVale. Mm-hmm. Because post-trade deadline, he was basically playing alongside like Jamario Jones and Alex Caruso. And I mean, we still have Caruso. I just, I don't know how much of it's those lineups are still going to. Yeah, and it's, nobody really yeah. plays their best in March and April. Also, like, you could play really well, but it's because you're like, the most important person on the court. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if JaVale is your most important, like, best player on the court, it's not going to be representative. Exactly. And these are the kind of games that, like, you've got the the load management happening left and right and, you know. Yeah. Playoff teams just kind of mailing it in because it doesn't really matter for their standing. But, yeah. Soon to be us. Soon to be us. <laughs> Knock on wood. Can't wait to that's, wear that's our March and April. <laughs> Oh man! But yeah, Javale. Every time we talk, money. it's I, just like I forgot so many of the shit things that went down. Last <laughs> oh man! Bro, last season was insane. It just the combination of like such high expectations with maybe not like maybe they were like unearned. Mm-hmm. I think having LeBron on your team earns you a certain level of high expectations, right. but. I think we really just like went too far with it and we had like some really like unearned expectations for last season, especially considering injury history of every other player on the team. <laughs> like you couldn't have expected LeBron to get hurt, but like Lonzo is like we knew he wasn't going to play. We just blocked that out of our brains. <laughs> and Javale's like, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, like, the number one advocate of being, like, believe people about their own illnesses. Like, if he says that the asthma isn't a thing, mm-hmm. then it's – I believe him. But, like, ultimately, if you get pneumonia and you have asthma – There's just no getting around that. It's going to be a hundred times worse. Yeah, it's going to be much, much worse. Mm-hmm. So – and also, un, untreated, like, asthma and, like – uh lung stuff can lead to pneumonia so we actually don't have proof that the asthma and pneumonia are unrelated to begin with (laughs) so i don't know like honestly the pneumonia javel is inextricable i think from his storyline going forward because his attitude really rubbed me the wrong way in terms of the pneumonia i mean the asthma The post pneumonia, oh, the post pneumonia, complainy, like 
he obviously everyone was pissed off about like where we were as a team mm-hmm. during that stretch of the season because every every like veteran that we had was injured and so it was just young guys playing and it was awful i don't know if you guys remember it was awful it was so bad do you guys remember that like nine game away streak like we we played like nine away games in a row or something and it was just like Alonzo, brandon ingram kyle kuzma i don't even know if josh hart was playing it was just the young guys everybody else was injured and we had a nine game like away road trip it was horrible everyone was miserable it's like i just don't like the attitude of you go on court you make mistakes you're like ha 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 you do something idiotic on the court and you're just like it's silly and it's like it's not silly it's not silly javel don't it's this is not nobody else is laughing you're the only person laughing i had forgotten about this <clears throat> the javel like make a mistake and like really happily do the my bad part of it it's like that yeah, it's like that it's video like, of carl carmelo anthony you know when he like took a pull-up two-pointer and like turned to my game <laughs> and he was like my bad like that's that was javel every other possession <laughs> Yeah. It's like when a customer comes into a food, like a service place, mm-hmm. right when the cl- the clock strikes closing time, and they're like, oh, like, sorry, like, I'm sorry. And you're like, this isn't cute. <laughs> like, this is not cute. <sighs> Get out. JaVale. Anyway. JaVale. That rubbed me the wrong way, and I need to see something from him attitude wise in order to alleviate my impression from that part of the season so what's interesting is <clears throat> i don't remember ever hearing anything about javel like locker room wise when he was in golden state on those two title teams and i wonder if it's because we were in a losing situation that aggravated his tendencies like maybe if he was in a mm. more otherwise stable locker room environment because let's face it javel was not the only problem with the locker room last year not so maybe he's more of a symptom than like the cause of those locker room yeah. troubles. I don't know. I'm I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt just because at the beginning of the year, like he was quite a useful player to have on the Lakers. Absolutely. He just was like I mean the defensive, you know, player of the year was for sure overboard. And I think that it's always overboard. I guess if he had continued to play like that for the entire season, maybe he, he would have been talked about. But I also think probably not mm-hmm. because he did have like one move. <laughs> At like, a certain point, he literally. Yeah, you also have to be able to he, switch on to guards to be a defensive player here. Exactly. And that's actually a problem with our bigs in general this year, too. I mean, DeMarcus Cousins is better at that, actually, mm-hmm. and it happens to him more often. Like, he'll switch more often. JaVale just won't even do it. Right. He just drops back all the time. Yeah. That's his only move, so he's super easy to plan against. And he's just going to – somebody else was saying this. He just goes – I can't remember. I think it was Darius. It's like he goes for the block every time. You know what he's going to do, so it's not a surprise. And with DeMarcus, at least – you know, there's some variability. He guarded, like, a few guards last year. He guarded Kyrie a little bit. Like, they would switch him onto Kyrie, and he didn't do a terrible job, you know? So at least we have some, like, variability this year with what our bigs can do. I mean, I feel like the answer to that is just when it matters, you just play Anthony Davis at the five. Exactly. So when, when we're talking about JaVale McGee 
playing meaningful center minutes, it's pretty much only a regular season exercise. Regular season. Because even yeah. if we get into the playoffs where there is a, uh, you know, a tough burly center that we're playing against, like maybe we go up against Denver and there's Nikola Jokic, like that's a DeMarcus Cousins assignment. That's not a mm-hmm. JaVale McGee assignment. I don't even care to see JaVale McGee in that position. I just want to see DeMarcus Cousins just like – Shit. I don't even know how to describe what I am picturing in my head, but like just using his chest to like body slam Nikola Jokic into the ground as much as I appreciate Jokic's beautiful game. Of course. That one's for you, KOC. But yeah. Right. So let's think about what role JaVale McGee is going to occupy during the regular season. So we talked about this last week. I suggested bit. that I thought he should be starting just because I the reserves without DeMarcus Cousins scare the crap out of me mm. on this Lakers team. Yeah. And it's not that I think JaVale is better than DeMarcus Cousins. It's not that I think that he's even a better fit than DeMarcus Cousins. It's just if you throw out a five-man reserve lineup with Kyle Kuzma and four guys who literally can't do anything else other than dunk the ball, basically, in JaVale's case... <laughs> That worries me, right? And maybe Mm -hmm. I'm a little, you know, shell-shocked because Luke Walton didn't know how to stagger. And if Frank Vogel knows how to stagger, then this won't be a problem. (laughs) But I think we can confirm off the bat that Frank Vogel is going to be better than Luke Walton at lineups because there's truly no one worse. I can only write so many pieces that are like, stop playing KCP and Rondo together. (laughs) (laughs) Only write so many. Oh, and you know what? He's a scumbag, too. So let's just move on to Frank Vogel and be excited about it. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully not a scumbag. Hopefully, almost, almost definitely, without a doubt, we'll be better at lineups. So. Yeah, I always thought that the Indiana teams were, uh, I mean, save for one glaring exception during the playoffs in 2017, were fairly well coached. But he's a good coach. That's why we chose him. And is that why we chose him, Sasha? <laughs> he's the second best coach we interviewed. <laughs> I'll give you that. That's why we chose him. I think he's him. the second best coach we interviewed. I'll give you that. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, Luke Walton felt like one of those people where it was like Jeannie just really liked him because he was like a Lakers guy mm-hmm. and like. He's this, like, SoCal volleyball player. He's, like, super chill. Like, seems like a really nice guy. And, like, we want to keep him around because we believe in homegrown talent, blah, blah, blah. But actually, he's just trash. And that's, like... Homegrown talent to a certain point until you can trade him for Anthony Davis. (laughs) Exactly. It's, like, we don't need someone who... We don't want someone just because they're homegrown if they're trash. Yeah. And he's trash. Trash person, trash coach. So. All right. Well, uh, at the risk of forgetting that this is a JaVale McGee player review podcast, <laughs> let's, let's get back to this. So assuming that Davis gets his wish and doesn't really play the five during the regular season, I think that leaves about 20 minutes for JaVale, 20 plus minutes for DeMarcus, and then like eight minutes for Vogel to get funky. Maybe play Davis a little bit there. Maybe throw a little Jared Dudley at the five. Ooh. Uh, God forbid we throw Kyle Kuzma at the five. <laughs> no, Even I don't think Team that's USA again. was doing that at practice, and the select team was carving them up because you do not play Kyle Kuzma at the five. If you Why think he's think he positionally versatile, play him at the three. Like, that's right? the option. 
Anyway. He doesn't even look like he could play he the five. Like, I don't understand what this five, fascination is. <clears throat> it's like, oh, we can get another sh- shooter at the five. <laughs> the idea that Kyle could. Yeah, if he could actually shoot a three, <laughs> then yeah. I'm kidding, Kyle. I love you. We love Kuzma. This is not, this is not meant to bash on you. Kuzma. This is just, Kuzma is not a five. That's what it is. He is So McGee's going to get those 20 minutes at the five. And it's a matter of who do we think can play next to him to maximize his best attributes. Clearly LeBron. <laughs> well, that's just anybody. <laughs> it's like, you want to make this guy look better? Let's play with LeBron. <laughs> but if you have LeBron and AD mm-hmm. on the court with him, I just feel like that is insane. Well, it's insane for anybody, yeah. as you say. But like, because of the way that he plays defense, mm-hmm. you need a, a, another huge guy who can play defense against, like, point guards or something. You know what I mean? Like, if he's going to just hang back, mm-hmm. you need someone at the four who's really defensively versatile. Could just be talking out my ass right now. <laughs> no, I think that makes sense because he played most of his minutes with Kuzma at the four last year, right? Who's not Who's not defensively versatile. I mean, you know, he He tries. He got he better. Tries. He he did. He got a lot better, and I think he's going to be better this year too. Yeah, but. but I like I like Javale. You know, hanging back. He's he's a decent rim protector when you funnel things towards him when you don't make him come mm-hmm. out into space, which exactly. uh, our guards will probably have to funnel things towards him. <laughs> yep. Unless you play with Alex Caruso, in which case, you know, that guy's getting into his point guard. Absolutely. I also think Caruso throws pretty decent lobs, doesn't he? Like that's what. He does. That's what JaVale does well, is he's got that vertical spacing that Rob Polinka touted last year. He also catches decent lobs, which means that he could just be... I think he and AD should do pick and rolls, and they should do interchangeable pick and rolls. Oh, my God. Do not let JaVale McGee be the ball handler in pick and roll. No. No. Anthony Davis and Alex Oh, Caruso. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We've, we've once again gone oh off JaVale God. McGee. <laughs> JaVale McGee, and that would be horrible. What's funny is last week we also talked about Alex Caruso and DeMarcus Cousins doing inverted pick and rolls. I like both of them. I want it for everyone. I mean, I think what we've learned during these center preview podcasts is that Alex Caruso needs to be playing as many minutes as possible. As many minutes as possible. Frankly, starting point guard, in quotes, because LeBron is really the starting starting point guard. guard, But yeah, I mean, uh, JaVale is... Fairly creative finisher around the rim. I mean, I I was always yeah. amazed by, like, his arms are so long. The angles at which he can finish at when you get the ball to him close to the basket. Like, he he just has that physical capacity that most players in the league do not. And that's that's a skill. You know, that's, that's a way that DeMarcus Cousins can't finish. That's a way that even Anthony Davis doesn't really finish. That's just a go-go gadget JaVale McGee arms, you know. Oh, yeah, those arms. And I think Those he finished fifth in the league in blocks last year, if I'm looking at this correctly. I mean, obviously he goes for the block every time, but that's, I mean, that's nothing to, <laughs> nothing to sneeze at. Like, he wasn't what playing was 30 his, uh, minutes a game. Was he first in uh, goaltending? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So he uh, was first in goaltending with 33 this year. Second place was 18, Mitchell Robinson. <laughs> Mitchell Robinson. Did you know... I think this is right. This is just an off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> to continue. preface everything I say with, I think, I think this, this is right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I think JaVale's three-point percentage was 8.3% last year. I mean, that sounds right. <laughs> I know he made one amazing? like during the first part of the season. I don't know why he would keep taking them. I guess if you... he must if he made one, then he must have taken twelve. Like, like twelve, yeah. yeah. Why was he taking twelve three four? <laughs> I'm gonna need those to like are, those cleaning the glass f- filter kid. this out, like <laughs> to figure out if those were garbage time threes or not. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, no, yeah, no, those were not times. garbage time threes. Eleven of them were legit three fours. Hell, <laughs> <Jail>, man. <laughs> What are you doing? I remember he made the one in preseason mm-hmm. when we were playing Golden State Warriors. Mm. And that's right, Golden State Warriors, not just Golden State or the Warriors, Golden State Warriors. And Steve Kerr and Luke Walton just like shared a little <laughs> hearty, hearty so giggle with each other. When, uh, everything was good anyway. for both those teams. Mm. So I wanted to talk about with regards to Cousins and JaVale. Mm-hmm. Because these are like our main... Also, don't forget Jonathan Williams. He's not on the team. Our, He's signed in oh, Israel. What? Oh, yeah. good for him. Our two two-ways yeah. this year are Antetokounmpo and Zach Norvell. Okay, well, I don't I don't know much about anything of those Yeah, I don't think two. we're going to be doing those player previews. I don't think we're going to see much of them. Um, anyway, I might just cut that out. <laughs> Cousins. <laughs> so, offensive and defensive ratings rightfully should not be relied upon exclusively mm-hmm. to like determine a player's worth. Mostly because if you look at the team around them, it's going to impact that a lot, especially with regards to Javale and Cousins from last right. season. Because Demarcus Cousins historically good offense and Golden on, State. Yeah. yeah. On a Golden State Warriors, so they were a lot better than us. <laughs> one way of putting shockingly. it. <laughs> Might be news. Um, but they actually had the exact inverse of offensive and defensive rating. It was actually, it's very spooky. JaVale's offensive rating is 106.7, defensive rating 111.1, Cousins' offensive rating 111, defensive rating 106.5. Hmm. So exact inverse. Yeah, very strange. Just a little spooky thing for you guys this morning. And um, I was wondering what you think, how you think that we should interpret that, whether it's impactful at all. Well, I do think Cousins generally doesn't get enough credit for the type of defensive player he is. I would never say that he is a good defensive player, but average around average is fine. And I think JaVale generally gets overrated for his defense because it looks flashy when you get blocks, blocks, right? Yeah. Um, But positioning, which is, again, something I don't think Cousins is as good at since the Achilles injury, but maybe he's getting better a year removed from that. That's... And all the weight. weight, Exactly, right. Skinny, skinny DeMarcus. (laughs) You know, I'm still still of two minds (laughs) about celebrating it versus... I think DeMarcus wouldn't have lost all this weight if he wasn't able to retain that cousin's strength. You know, I hope that that's exactly. still a part of the arsenal. But anyway, I yeah, I think sometimes we overrate JaVale's defensive metrics just because he looks like he should be a good defender, other than the fact that he's constantly running around all over the floor and it's generally pretty spacey. But when he blocks, you know, that's that's like the easiest way to determine, oh, you've literally stopped a basket. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, that, this is the problem because Cousins is so clearly better than JaVale in every way. Yeah. But, like, where do you put JaVale on this team to, like, maximize his strengths? Is it just, like, you just put him with Rondo and let him throw lobs every day? Because, like, that that point guard-center combination is, like, it's terrible defensively. It's yeah. abjectly Horrible. terrible defensively, especially if you're, like, coming off the bench with Kuzma, who, again, we like, but that's not his strength. And... And he could be average, but he's, I don't know that he's ever going to be, That's not enough like, to, like, with, you know, overcome what you're, that deficit that you're getting from Rondo. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you're limiting JaVale, like, he doesn't do any of those silly little post-ups, those hook shots that, <laughs> oh, my God. I. <laughs> you ain't Kareem. I, I don't ain't. know why, like, it was... I had just put, like, a nice set of rose-colored glasses on JaVale's season last year, and, like, we started talking, and I remember all of these little things that just drive me nuts yes. about him. Uh, I mean, he's he's basically on, like, a minimum-ish deal, right? Like, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not overwhelmingly bad. I am of the belief that you need some measure of continuity. Like, yeah, I would have rather that come in the form of Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball, but, you know, we're not in a position to make those decisions. No. And also, JaVale McGee does not equal Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball in a trade for Anthony Davis. So I'm going to have to just be okay with that one, I think. Anyway. It's just hard for me to find... Okay, Bill Simmons. We overpaid. Nah. I guess we just overpaid. I mean, I understand the point of it was to create enough cap space to sign the third star. We didn't get the third star. I appreciate the risk. It's fine. That's fine. Yeah. But I just I have a hard time finding a place for JaVale on this team that isn't in the starting lineup where he can be affected. And I don't know mm-hmm. if the cost is reasonable to like willingly play a worse starter versus just putting JaVale in there to maximize the overall lineup, you know, effectiveness. I think that it lineups I mean, I don't know. Uh, anything about um coaching a basketball team but i think that there's a simpler or i think there's like a more complex way to view this where it's not just like javel with the starters demarcus with the mm-hmm. bench you know what i mean i think it's going to be some combination demarcus averaged like 25 minutes last season and JaVale averaged 22 so together that pretty much equals the game and I think that we'll see we'll see them both in both scenarios right because you want DeMarcus closing Mm -hmm. games probably he's actually I think we tied I think I said this last last week but he started every quarter that he played with Brown State and there are ways to, like, get – and that's him with – so he's starting with the starters and he's starting with mm-hmm. the bench teams in in those in that, like, scenario. So I think that we'll get to see – DeMarcus will have a bigger role, clearly, right. I think. I don't think JaVale can dispute that. He – last year, he there was a lot of talk from him about, like, wanting to be a starter – and wanting to be recognized as, like, a really good player in the league. And it's like, you are my guy, but also you need to open up your arsenal if you want to be able to do that. Like, you just can't play the exact same defense on every single thing. Like, you can't 
just be this like one note player if you want to be recognized as what you want to be recognized as. That starting the quarter thing is interesting because <clears throat> I don't have the, the stats on this, but I'm pretty sure JaVale started most quarters when he was in the game. Like uh, he would start for that first six minute stretch, they'd take him out, and then he'd come back in with those four reserve guards. Remember like the four smalls with Josh Hart at power forward lineup? Mm-hmm. So just uh, that's going to be interesting to see how they fit because they pretty much played the exact same stints last year both McGee yeah. and DeMarcus, and I I would think that Cousins would be more flexible to playing more minutes just because historically over his career, like, he hasn't played the the setup that he did in Golden State last year. Like, when he was in Sacramento, he was anchoring all of those yeah. lineups. Or even in New Orleans, right? Absolutely. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, like, what is, what is JaVale going to bring to this team? Like, is it just soaking up minutes at the five? Is it, like... We have guys who perform so well in the paint, like LeBron and Anthony Davis. Like, how much value is that vertical spacing going to have if he's just chilling in the dunker spot while LeBron's trying to drive or Davis is trying to do work? You know, like Davis is a little more flexible to the point where he like works a little bit outside the paint. But yeah, that's actually interesting because with LeBron, it it almost feels like. I mean, there's arguments both ways, obviously, and, like, JaVale and LeBron had great chemistry Mm -hmm. last year, and that's great for them. But also, like, one of our biggest issues was not having enough space for LeBron Mm -hmm. to operate in the paint. DeMarcus Cousins offers that space. He he can operate not just as a, like, shooter. Like, he can can shoot the three, kind of. He's a willing, but I don't know that he's capable. Exactly, and it'll probably get better because, like, there's no doubt that an injury to your ankle um, will affect your shooting. There's absolutely no doubt. So uh, hopefully that will get better. And I think that that's shooting is something that like, if you decide to put the effort in, you can usually get it. You can usually make it better. That's actually, I think something that's been shown. If you put the effort in and you decide that it's something that's important to you, you can probably make it better. So I don't really worry about that, but he's also a playmaker from the three-point mm-hmm. line. Like, he operates – so that's another, like, draw out, like, defenders drawing out to the three-point line, not just to defend him from shooting, but to defend him from making winning plays that he's going to make from the top of the key and from the wing. So with LeBron and AD, like, if you want that space to operate inside – you're going to have to split up the center minutes between JaVale and DeMarcus Cousins if you want to be effective, Yeah, I think uh, I feel like. I think the only way it really makes sense to play JaVale is if you just throw him with, like, four shooters around and just let him, like, camp in the middle and then the other guys just bomb. So, I actually, that's interesting because that sounds like our bench. Yeah, it kind of does. It's just who... Except for they are going to be atrocious I mean, like, do you make Rondo the point guard in that situation, or do you just let, like, Quinn Cook run the show, and then you really have four shooters, you know, like, Cook, maybe Dudley, yeah. if you throw Kuzma at the three. Caruso can shoot a yeah, three. Yeah, like, maybe, like, Cook, KCP, uh, or, like, Caruso, KCP, right, Kuzma, that sort of configuration. That's not, doesn't sound terrible. <laughs> But also, I think we have a coach that can maximize the defensive. Yeah, potential and I also think that we're lineups, probably going to so. have LeBron or Anthony Davis on the floor at all times. Like this isn't a yeah. All times. And again, I feel like we're. Yeah. I mean, 
I don't know if I'm doing this intentionally or not, but like I just keep approaching this from the belief that like, oh, we're not allowed to <laughs> play the starters and reserves together just because that's how our team has been the last <laughs> three years. And it's silly because oh, yeah, it's hockey. not how this works. <laughs> Like, now that I think about it, like, of course, been LeBron scarred. James, like, if he comes out, Davis will be on the court, and Davis and McGee, that's a defensive front court that works. If Davis comes out, LeBron is in, LeBron and McGee, also a defensive front court that works. Right. It works. Shocking. So, yeah, him at the five Ugh. next to one of those guys at the four, maybe not both of them, actually makes a lot of sense because then he's not taking up yeah. all the space. That vertical threat makes a little more sense. And then maybe... You just, you know, avoid him when that we can get those three big bully ball lineups, you know, the LeBron, Anthony Davis, DeMarcus lineups to start and finish games or maybe go small depending on necessity. Exactly. I don't know why we would go small. <laughs> Anthony Davis doesn't want to play the five. When they go, when they go small, we go ginormous. <laughs> just play JaVale with those three. <laughs> move Boogie down to oh, the four. <laughs> oh, my God. Kuzma at the point. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i love ultra big lineups me too the sparks actually have a situation Truly like that this year where they have just like five oh, yeah. excellent bigs who i'd love to see share the floor together it's just you know can't do that <laughs> just 2k yeah. style 2k style just put every, all of your just have a five-man lebron oh, lineup man. i wish we could do that we could just play LeBron at all positions. <laughs> that would be the best team oh, in the by, NBA, by right? Yeah. That's, That's the, the one, le- yeah. best lineup in the NBA. You literally guard every LeBron position. LeBron at all yeah. positions. <laughs> okay. I think uh, once we've gotten to the point where we're talking about LeBron James playing all five positions, again, on the JaVale McGee preview podcast. <laughs> just an indication of how excited we are. <laughs> about JaVale McGee. <clears throat> For JaVale. All right, everybody. I think that's going to do it for us this time. We're excited for next season. JaVale McGee, we'll see. And I think we've realized DeMarcus that we're probably Cousins. more excited about Frank Vogel than anything else. Dude, I, it's insane what a difference it's going to make. I've never watched a season of basketball from like my like favorite team. Without Luke Walton being the head coach. <laughs> exactly. With like a competent head coach who didn't just like... It's all right. It's, it's oh time for another 16-minute rondo shift. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, hopefully Vogel, like, doesn't just get put under his oh, spell. What is the magic that he... I don't know. Maybe he, like, challenges wow. his coaches to Game of Connect 4 at the beginning of the year, and then he just, like, owns them the rest of the year. <laughs> wow. And that's it? That's it. There's some kind of bet. So, anyway. Okay. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in with us. This was I Love Basketball on the Silver Screen and Roll Network. Make sure to subscribe to the Silver Screen and Roll podcast for shows about the Lakers every single day, even during the dog days of the offseason, where we'll be continuing our player preview series. And I think we're getting into coaches, too. Some some people are. (laughs) Maybe we could talk about Vogel. Some are. Undying love Mm. already for Frank Vogel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know the names of any of the other ones. I guess except for Jason Kidd. Oh, and Lionel. Lionel, yes. My boy, Lionel. We'll figure it out. Lionel is, this is my hot take on the coaches. Lionel is the only one who is not owned by somebody. Wow. Like, everybody else is somebody's guy. Okay. If you know what I mean. 
And Lionel, I think, was the only hire. And maybe um, St. Jean. I don't know who that is. Couldn't find find anything on that guy. But uh, Lionel Hollins, I think, was the only hire that wasn't just like somebody was like, this is my guy. Bring him in. That's a good. That's that's my take. Maybe just his own merit. And that is all you can hope for. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) All right, everybody. Have a good weekend.